3: Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We have the pleasure of sitting down with nose tackle Michael Pierce. Fresh off a two-year extension, congratulations. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, so how do you celebrate a- after the game? You signed it, what, one day before the game, mm-hmm. right? Yep. H- how do you celebrate it? Is there time to celebrate at the end of the season when you sign an extension like that?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. So we waited until after the game, obviously. Yep. Uh, my wife had, like, some balloons, a little cake, a nice card, and uh, a bottle of Ace of spade. Okay. So uh, that was my first time trying that.
3: Yeah? How was You, you know, you're talking to a very cheap man Honest here. review. <laughs>
0: I didn't think it was all that. Oh, all right. Personally, I'm okay. not a champagne dude though. Yeah, I'm so, not either. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the bottle was cool. Right. And yeah. I Kept the little case.
3: Right. So and it was New Year's Eve, so yeah. it made sense. Yeah,
1: it all worked out. It all worked. <laughs> out. that's, that's <laughs> a perfect <laughs> way to celebrate. Um, just what were the emotions of that? I mean, I thought it was, um, you talked about it a little bit after the game, but you know, I was certainly happy for you and knowing it's been, you know, the last few years have kind of been up and down and trying to stay healthy and to get that reward uh, right before the end of the regular season. What did it mean to you?
0: Uh, it was almost a tearful moment, honestly, um, especially, you know, with the, with the past few years, like you mentioned, uh, just fighting to, you know, make myself ready to play a season, Um, just proving to not only our organization, but the rest of the league. Like, I can still play. I can be healthy. I can do what I need to do to uh, be one of the best nose guards in the league. Um, It was awesome. I didn't know that, you know, an extension would be possible after, you know, all the injuries and all that stuff. So um, when I took my pay my pay cut, um, I knew that it was a one-year deal type thing. So uh, it was just about putting this year together, um, being the best team that I can and all that stuff. And uh, like I said, thankfully, they wanted me back and I got to prove that uh, I am who I, who I felt like I was. I feel
3: like the last time that we talked to you when you signed back here, you kind of said, this is probably my last deal. Mm-hmm. You know, did did you definitely feel like did you feel like you were just playing out that contract and that was probably
0: probably the end? Yeah. So uh, I explained this in the hallway. Um, <laughs> when I got hurt, you know, we knocked some years off the deal. So uh, that was going to take me to year nine or ten, and this deal will still do the same. So right. Um, nah, man. I think I still have. You know, years to give, good gotcha. football to give, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be signing this. But, um, <laughs> no, I'm grateful mostly just to uh, have the belief in Mr. DaCosta, coach, and all, the, all my teammates. So, um No man, I I definitely intend on that being my final deal. uh, (laughs) God God has some some funny ways, uh, some funny ways. So, um, no man, I I definitely laughed about that in the hall. And uh, like I said, I'm grateful that I do get to finish my career here.
3: How do you think that you've stayed so healthy this year? What have you done behind the scenes that fans don't know about that's enabled you to do Mm -hmm.
0: that? So, I hired a nutrition coach. Obviously, I worked with Sarah as well, but um, just to make sure you know my off seasons are structured, all that stuff. Uh, Garrett Trumer who helped uh with our in conjunction with our um uh, our staff downstairs um, with my rehab and all that stuff when I was back home in Birmingham did an amazing job with me and uh came to OTAs early and uh just grinded my way through it, hired in Masseuse extra all this, just basically everything that I normally do I did it to the fullest extent so um you know just paying attention to my body taking care of my body um just searching for any and everything took up yoga all that kind of stuff just to make sure you know my joints are good my muscles are flexible all that stuff so um just trying to prolong my career knowing that you know like I said I told my wife if I had a career in the injury this year I mean not not a career uh, injury this year that didn't require surgery or anything I would hang it up so um mm. Just having that mindfulness and just you know trying to prepare myself as much as I can.
1: Yeah, I know that uh, when Clay Campbell was here, he talked about basically budgeting. I forget exactly how much, like three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, like a big number, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of self care, massage, nutrition, all of that stuff. When you get into the later stages of your career. Did you kind of go through that process this off season of saying like, all right, I need to set some money aside basically mm-hmm. to invest in myself to so decide that I can ensure that I can play here and you know that I, you make that money back as right. you, as we're well, you seeing. He took the pay cut though, so he's like, I got a pay cut now. I got to pay extra. right, right, <laughs> play for free this year.
2: No, 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 no.
0: I, I don't. I don't think I spent three hundred thousand. Um, like I said, he. Is uh, in a different lane than I am financially, <laughs> but um, no, nah, man, I'll, I'll definitely want to leave no no stone unturned, uh, no matter the dollar amount or whatever. So, uh, I'll probably say I've probably spent hmm. maybe fifty or sixty, mm-hmm. okay. not not nothing crazy, but um. No, like I said, yoga is not expensive. All that kind of stuff is is relatively inexpensive. But people fly people out and do all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, Like I said, for me, it was paying a nutrition coach and all that stuff. I don't want to get into the financials, if you will. But um, No, I definitely stayed under a hundred grand. Okay, that's good. um, That's good. No, it was just about working and just being more mindful. And I said, just using everything that's at my, uh, you know, uh, that's at my fingertips here, and then back at home. Uh, Now
1: you've always been like, I'm curious. Like you've been a a really good player mm -hmm. when you've been healthy, and the. Injuries the past few years have really just been the only thing that has kind of held you back. Like last year, the start of the year is like, man, Mike's playing great ball, and you're a force on the defense. But for you, as you were dealing with the injuries and being sidelined, like, did you feel? Did you doubt? Like, did you question whether, like, man, can I still do this? Is are the injuries just going to keep up? Like, what was the mindset going that that you had in dealing with that?
0: Um so I would say at times you definitely wonder if you can still do it. Uh, when you're out there, you don't feel it as much. Um, but when you, spend those time, when you spend that time away – so I think I got hurt like week five or so last year um, whenever we played the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in December you're watching games. You're like, dang, I think I, I should be able to make that play when I get back. And then, you know, OTAs come around. And you're like, dang, I haven't taken a snap in what, four, five, five months. So um, you get that little anxiety. Um, but like I said, for me, when I put my feet on those grass- put my feet in that grass, and it just it's a different feel. So um, like I said, I I feel like I've accumulated enough knowledge of the game to understand scheme and all that stuff. But it's just about at that point, it's just about is my body gonna hold up for you know however long it needs to. So um, those things just handled in the weight room and all that kind of stuff. But When the when the product is on the field, when it's time to blow the whistle, I feel like I can handle my business. Now, Mike, you are
3: Dog of the Week for the Cardinals game. You were dominant that game. I'm just curious how much that game kind of played into like, all right, I'm back, back. You know, (laughs) like you were just whooping on people that game. What did that game do for you?
0: Uh a lot. Um I think I played well up until that point. Um you know, obviously didn't have the best uh record if you will, but um no nah, man, it's just one of those days like where you feel like you just like in the in a zone if you will. Like mm. if you like you just floating on top of stuff. It's a strange it's a strange <laughs> little little feeling, but um no, nah, it's just one of those days everything's clicking. Um the tips and all that stuff that we learned, it was just coming coming to fruition, but um no nah, man, I think that was a big statement for me that, you know, not only for myself but for like our team and, you know, I guess the GMs and all that stuff. Like I can't dominate a game in different ways and up with a sack. That was my only one. I missed one <laughs> in Miami. He threw the ball away. But, um, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. But uh no man, um that that was big for me just to had it under my belt and then just go forward just saying, you know, all right, we can make plays and different plays and yeah. different ways. So um just I was glad to have it under my belt and then just give everybody that confidence in me as How- well.
1: I'm curious for you, like what you do as a nose tackle is dirty work. You mm-hmm. know, like you're never gonna be a, a fifteen sack guy. Like that's just not your game, you know? And but when I look at the defense and I look around you, a lot of the guys who are in close proximity to you, are playing great ball. Justin mm-hmm. Matabike, of course, has had a double-digit sack season and has a big payday coming his way. You have Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen behind you. Who Travis are both pro Jones Bowl. has
3: been playing really yeah, well. But like you have these yep, three crazy.
1: pro bowlers right around you, right? Hey. And I think that you have a lot to do with their success. They're great players in their own right, but I think that you have a lot to do with their success. How much pride do you take in seeing those guys around you play to that level?
0: So that goes back to when I first got here. Um, Wink and Brandon uh, Williams sat me down and said, you you know, once I made a team, you're a backup nose guard. But first and foremost, if your Mike linebacker goes to the Pro Bowl – you did what you were supposed to do. So, um, you know, was, what, if saw,
3: to the, what if two go yeah. to? What if two go? It's even better. I don't think they. You know, I don't think we
0: had that. Matter of fact, we may have with Zach and uh, CJ. But um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I yeah. Watch. I think we. I think we did. Yeah. Zach was an All Pro that year, so I'm, I'm sure he made the Pro Bowl. But um, <laughs> no, nah, man. So that's kind of how it started with me, and then uh, you know I followed Brandon's lead, obviously, and then um, you know. Like, for me, man, I don't really – I'm a country boy from Alabama. I don't <laughs> care for all the, the lights and the fame and all that stuff. But um, to see myself helping those guys and they get to shine in that kind of way is awesome. So, um, like I said, I take pride in my job. I enjoy, you know, beating up on guys and, you know, holding up blocks and all that stuff and doing the dirty work. Um, that just goes with the gig or nose guard. But um, to see Beaks play the way he's playing, to have Ro play the way he's playing, that PQ be a first-time Pro Bowler – it's certainly awesome.
3: It is cool though to see how your role has kind of evolved this year in Mike's defense. I mean sometimes you're you're looping around to get mm-hmm. a run at the quarterback. Sometimes you're dropping in coverage. Mm-hmm. Now there are some big plays when you dropped in coverage and you know you would have had a PBU. That quarterback pulled the ball down because you saw Big Mike out there in coverage. He said nah. roll in the middle it. of the field. Center oh, yeah. fielder right. out there. I am not testing that free safety. Hey, man,
0: I think they want to keep those receivers from getting bent up. So, yeah.
3: you know. Totally true. Um, can you just talk about the role that Mike has put you in and, and how his defense does you so many guys have very diverse roles and what mm-hmm. that does for you as a player
0: oh that's awesome man so you don't only have to you know feel like you're one-dimensional so yeah Mike does a great job of accentuating all our talents at different plays so in different ways so um nah man I, I played linebacker in high school I still had the you know the hips ish for it so um <laughs> nah I've been able to I understand coverage pretty well and all that stuff where I need to be so um nah he's done an amazing job just accentuating not only myself but putting everybody like using Kyle like we use Kyle like most most teams don't have a guy like that but right. they also don't be they're not able to use those guys in those different roles so um he does a great job of marrying you know our talents may they doesn't make anybody one-dimensional he's allowing everybody to do um some different things and you know thankfully i've been able to you know eliminate some passes hang yeah. out my hands on one so hopefully i can do that <laughs> but um no nah, man it's, it's been awesome for to have him trust me and trust our guys to do different things and uh make some plays when they count
3: just talking about Mike, real quick, as a side note, as a defender on his defense, when you see him getting head coaching <laughs> interviews uh, elsewhere, what goes through your mind?
0: Uh, that means you're doing your job. Uh, selfishly, you know, now especially know that I'm coming back next right. year, you kind of need nervous to see like, oh, is he gonna leave? <laughs> right? And who they gonna bring in? Are they gonna promote somebody? Right? But if they um, call you for a reference, you're like, nah, Mike, nah, nah, <laughs> not the greatest of guys. You might want to leave them here. But no, nah, man, um, I think as you know, being in the year in in the league for eight years, you see successful teams get coaches poached. Right. That's just how it goes. But um, so you're always happy for any of the guys. Like I, I was here when Mike was a linebackers coach. So, so um, to see how he moved from Michigan and D.C. there to D.C. here in the league um, has been awesome. But you always root for your guys. And, uh, you know, unfortunately that's a part of it. But if he stays, I won't be mad. <laughs> if, he, if he goes, we just have a little anxiety to see who's next. But, um, <laughs> no, nah, man, he's done an amazing
1: job and he deserves all the interviews and all success. I, I've One thing I've really enjoyed watching the, this year is your relationship with Brent Urban. You mm-hmm. are both guys who – you know your veteran players. You started your careers here. You left. You came back. And but the two of you are always together. And for anybody that's watched episodes of Ravens Wired, which I'm sure many of our fans watching here have, the two of you basically providing commentary when the offense is on the field is one of my favorite parts of Wired every single week. You <laughs> yeah, sit next to each bunch, other, right? Yeah, fun that's bunch, the fun, bunch, fun bunch, right? Lunch. Like Name you sit next to sweet. each other on the bench, and you and you provide this excellent commentary. Um, but what is that relationship like? with Brent, because I got to believe it's kind of special.
0: Yeah, yeah, No, he's probably, out of everybody I play with in the league, that's probably one of my closest friends. Um, Talked to him in the offseason and all that kind of stuff. But um, even before this happened, like, we used to sit next to each other, like, my second, third year and, and my rookie year. So, yeah. Um, you know, at that point, we were still figuring things out to where we couldn't just sit back and enjoy or, you know, we worried about, oh, I need to do this, do that for the next drive. But um, as we gotten older, um, we've gotten to a place where he's about through injury as well. So you kind of just sit there and, you know, enjoy the game more so because, you know, this is – at some point, this is going to end sooner than later. You know what I mean? So – um you know, just to <clears throat> not only play well on defense but be able to watch a Lamar do some crazy stuff or Odell or just just enjoy the game um, versus, you know, sitting there tense and, you know, all tight. I think this helps uh not only me and him play well but the guys around us. Just uh, to see people laughing and having a good time and just enjoying being out there on Sunday as well as playing well, I think that does a lot for our, our room. I
3: like also –
0: you know the NFL is just
3: such a, a locker room, such an interesting place. You have people from different walks. Like mm-hmm. you talk, you're a country boy from down south. <laughs> Here he is, a big old tall Canadian, Right. right? and you're the fun bunch. You right. know, right. just what is it about personality wise that makes you two click so much? And can you you say we've gave you the fun bunch name? Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little background mm-hmm.
0: there? <laughs> yeah, so I think I think we should start laughing so much like during OTAs and the meetings. Um, uh, I think he was just like, these dudes just don't stop laughing.
2: <laughs> but,
0: you know, like I said, normally if you got people who laugh all the time, they're probably not as locked in as they should be. But um, I think as he got to, you know, learn our personalities and just see that, you know, we just enjoy work. You know, we want to make work a fun environment. He does a great job with that. Um, like I said, it's just – uh, it just works, man. Um, like I said, his wife and my wife are really cool. Nice. So, um, no, nah, man, it's – uh. This is a dynamic that works. It's probably more unlikely, obviously, a <laughs> Canadian and a, an a African-American dude from Alabama. But, uh, you know, football does bring a lot of people together in different yeah. ways. So, um, no, nah, man, it's been awesome. Like I said, uh, hopefully we can have Herb back. I don't know <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> that but, wasn't um, a clause in the extension. we got to bring it, Herb it, back, it, too. It, it was Pack not. Of steel. but um, steel. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's uh, – it's been an awesome year. Like I said, I, I've been I've been cool with him since uh, since my rookie year. So yeah, um, yeah, we kind of sat together all the time. But it's, it's been a it's been a fun ride. So,
3: so now talking about uh, this team in the playoffs, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, there's been a, a lot of chatter about 2019 and, mm-hmm. and how that season ended and how that's motivating this team now. What do you see as the differences between the 2019 team and 2023 team when it comes to handling this stage that you're about to step onto?
0: Mm-hmm. I think it was just new. Yeah, um, we had not had, but well, especially not in my time, we had not had that amount of success, mm-hmm. and um, we were just rolling teams over, especially towards the end, kind of like now. Yeah, but um, we just started so slow in that that game against the Titans. Um, I don't know why it it just happened that way, but um, I think that for the people who were here, obviously Harb was here and everybody, but the few the few guys who were here at that time. Um, that never uh just that feel of defeat afterward. I ain't really going anywhere for like three days, just in shock. I had ordered a suit mm. for the dang Super Bowl. I know we had to play like Patrick Mahomes before that. Right. You know, they ended up winning I think that year. But um I in preparation, like we just I think we just looked so far ahead. Like mm. there's nobody that's gonna beat us. We you know, if we are who we are, we're gonna make it there type deal. So um, you know, a lot of people are doing like stuff like that. So this year we're focused on one Day at a time, obviously one game at a time, um, just knowing that, you know, it could be over like that. Right. So um, we're just putting all our energy into next Sunday or Saturday. I don't even know what right. day. Yeah, we don't be, know right. yet. Exactly. So <laughs> whatever day that is, we're going to be there ready to fight each and every down. So um, there's no looking ahead. There's no worrying about the Super Bowl at this point. It's literally, you got to take this one game at a time because, you know, the wrong player, the wrong you know game plan, the wrong day that
1: majority of our team is off that's it is is that something that you need to say like lamar is really kind of he's talked about that very openly all year long stay locked in locked in locked in like he says that pretty much in every interview that that he does and you're a veteran player who you know is a tone setter in in your own right as well is that uh, is that stuff like things that you need to say to other teammates is it kind of understood it's more unspoken and you just know what it is Mm -hmm. how do you approach that well, I think we have just a, a great group of not only
0: young guys but vets. So, I don't think – you know, we may have a couple guys who won a Super Bowl. I know Odell did. I know Calvin Noyes won two, been in three. Um, I think Nelly won. Did he? Yeah, he won with the Eagles. Yeah, he won with the Eagles. So, um, they've been to that pinnacle. And they know just how important each and every day up until that point is. So, um, you know, I think a lot of vets who have played, like Morgan Moses, this is – Kevin Zeitler, I can go on Herb, mm-hmm. myself. Um, Rose been in the league with five, six years now, um, never even getting close to that point. You just understand like how fleeting this moment can be, mm-hmm. and um, you know that you have to take advantage of each and every opportunity. So I think between all of us letting our young guys know, um, you know, just because you walked in here as a rookie or a second year guy, these years do not happen sometimes at all for people in their careers. But definitely guys who've been in the league six, seven years and. I made out the first round of playoffs. Mm-hmm. So in having a year like 2019, you would assume that would happen. So um, obviously there's no room for assumptions, but each and every day is important. Making sure we're on point for next weekend is the most important thing. I,
1: I think that you summed it up really well. I, I, when I look at this team – I look at a team that feels like there's a lot of unique pieces that have come together at the right time. Veterans like yourself, and then young players like mm-hmm. a, a Zay Flowers or a Kyle Hamilton who's having a great second season. Mm-hmm. Like you just have this good mix. You have a great coaching staff here, obviously, that, uh, that teams around the league are now showing interest in. It just seems like not that this is the only window of opportunity, but it is a big one, you know, mm-hmm. and that it just seems like there's a real understanding on this team of the opportunity that you guys have in front of you with all those unique pieces coming together.
0: Certainly. I think um, I like to think of it is this is the only window of opportunity you worry about next year, next year. So um, like I said, I know, I know that feeling, how we felt in 19, just the embarrassment. Um, So, you know, Mr. DaCosta has done a great job of bringing all us together. But if you treat it as this is the only window of opportunity I have you look at things differently. So, you know, obviously next year everything starts new. Everybody wants to be the number one defense, number one offense. All that crap can work can wait. But um, if you treat it, and that's how I've been treating it, and that's how our coaches and everybody's been treating it, like this is the one opportunity, especially for this group, as it is currently constructed. Um, this is the one opportunity we have. If we waste it, if we don't do what we need to do, that's it. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said. Obviously, the front office worries about next year and all that stuff. But as players, as coaches, you just take it literally for what it is. So this is the one opportunity you get. If you waste it, you waste it. You know, obviously good games happen, crazy plays happen, but you don't want to have that regret Mm -hmm. because you may never make it there. And like I said, injuries happen, all kind of crazy stuff can happen between now and next year. But whoever's healthy, whoever can play, um, you remember the guys who are trying to get back like Mark and all those guys, this is what – I fought through, you know, off season, all that pain and stuff from surgery and everything. That's what you fight through stuff for to get okay. to this point. So, um, yeah. You take it like this is the last opportunity you have and uh you just worry about this next the next year stuff next year. what's the difference between Lamar in twenty nineteen and Lamar now? Um a, I mean, not a lot, but like I said, I think his game has just matured. Okay. Um you know, yeah, I mean, also, like, as a
3: leader, kind of. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, nah, you his game has like?
0: matured. Like I said, he's matured. Um, like I said, I mean, that level of success, when it comes at you early, I think he did an amazing job of handling it. Yeah. But, like, now I think it's like, all right, I did. I've won an MVP. I've done all these things. I expect to play well. Mm. It's not, oh, if, if he's going to play well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't – I'm not into the media, but mm-hmm. – the thing that he drove home, you know, after his contract and all that stuff, we in the locker room. Only thing he talks about is trying to get to the Super Bowl. Right. I know he said that after the draft. <laughs> I'm sure if we having to win that thing, that'll play forever. <laughs> but, like, that's what he's set the tone for this team. Like, we are trying to win the Super Bowl, you know, week one, that's what he said. Right. This is week whatever, 20, whatever the case may be, that's, what he's, that's where he expects to be. So I think when you – take that approach not only mentally but just putting in that work every day um good things tend to happen so um you know they were making jokes about oh he's a running back and all this (laughs) stuff you don't really hear that anymore right but the point is he's worked that way since then before then he's keep working but i think i'll say for me it's just like he's gotten to a point where this is what he expects to do Mm. and he expects us to meet that same intensity that same work ethic and uh when you know when the when the head Leads the tail. Right. Everybody seems to fall in line. Right,
3: And the uh, the big difference I see between this team and 2019, too, is the defense also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this defense is nasty. Uh, just how, how much do you feel like this unit is rolling it and what makes it that, you know, why is this defense peaking right now if you feel that way? Mm-hmm. Uh, why is it doing that?
0: Uh, we just got a whole bunch of hungry guys. But like I said, I think we've just literally, um, not only us, but like I said, Eric has done an amazing job crafting this defense. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think Kyle, they said, fell in the draft to us. Mm-hmm. You know, thankfully he did. But <laughs> he's playing at an all-pro level. Yeah. Two linebackers playing at an all-pro level. Met BK, looking like the second coming of Aaron Donald. You know, JD's <laughs> having a career year. Kyle's having a career year. Marlon, when he was playing, obviously Marlon's an right. all-pro when he's healthy. So B. Steve has taken a jump, man. Yeah, Arthur yeah. Millet coming in. I can just go on and on. There's a bunch of guys, and I, I think I said this in the interview before. Um, you know, and they were asking me about replacing Calais. So I said I don't think you ever like replace a Hall of Famer. Right. I'm not a Hall of Famer. Uh, I would like to go in the nose guard Hall of Fame if they have one. <laughs> but, um, you know, like I said, I think we've all done this by committee. And like I said, we've had Super Bowl champions and Kyle's in our room and J.D.'s been in the league and he's, like I said, he's been hunting. So he's um, got a whole bunch of hungry dudes, a whole bunch of guys who want to ascend to that next level mm. um, wherever they are in, in that tier. And like I said, it just meshes well together. We play together. It's not just, oh, we need one guy or two guys to make mm. a play. Anybody can make a play. Like I said, I don't think any team has a Travis Jones that comes off the bench. Right, yeah. right. Just you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. that just doesn't happen everywhere. So, yeah. um, you know, you look at, like, an Eagles defense where they had a whole bunch of D-linemen. We mm. can do the same thing. It's a different scheme, obviously. But we have, like, literally waves of people who are hungry to make a name for themselves mm. but also are conscious enough and, you know, have lo- enough love between each other to play together right yeah. right
1: that's awesome man
3: I, I have one last question for you this is a random one mm. i'm just looking at you your thighs i mean you have massive thighs do you have to, <laughs> to specially order pants that can fit over your th- i'm just looking at you <laughs> and i'm like how does this man shop for pants
0: no man um this is an out-of-date brand i'm kind of into fashion so okay um true religion makes like the best like stretchy jeans okay like so everything you buy is stretchy yeah, yeah 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 like i wear like a 44 it's not like crazy yeah for a 350 pound person but right. like um those 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 pants fit my legs well <coughs> i'm comfortable i'm not like sh- stuck in the stuff right but like you know most of guys like athletes in general like their waist are smaller and then right. like they, they train you to have these big legs right. i enjoy squatting and deadlifting and all the other
2: Right. You're a weightlifter, right, right. Do you still that do that, that in-season stuff?
0: Um, they have done a great job with me of pairing some things back and taking some things differently. So um, I don't power lift as much. I do like a, Olympic <clears throat> lifting, stuff okay. that will help you uh, be more explosive. So they changed the way that I looked at weightlifting. Okay. And uh, just paired it with better things like snatches and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not just overusing my upper body, overusing my lower body. Mm. Um, Scott, Ron everybody downstairs has done a great job for me just yeah. kind of changing my mind state okay if you will but uh no nah, man it's it's been awesome but like i said true religion does a great job for me okay. like, y'all can send me some free jeans it'd be great <laughs> there you job. go no nah, i look for that elastic uh elastane and cotton mixture that works like okay. 98 to 2 percent so all right, all right well, well there if there i right. ever That's hit the got.
3: weight room now i know true religion if <laughs> yeah. i ever get in there well mike thanks a lot man appreciate, appreciate it, mike. it. Well, thank y'all for having
2: <laughs> all me right. yeah, absolutely Big thanks to Michael Pierce for stopping
1: by the SeatGeek studio here. We want to give a shout out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens. They've got a limited time promo running right now. You don't want to miss this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the promo code FLOCK. If you're a new user, you can get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Again, the promo code is FLOCK. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. You need to be at least 21 or older to play and physically present in Maryland. BGE is all about small businesses being the backbone of Maryland's economy.
3: In partnership with the Baltimore Ravens, BGE is investing in communities across Central Maryland, helping small businesses continue to thrive. Be sure to visit www.bgenow.com to learn more. This week's business is Apple Choice Driving School. They're recognized as a leader in driving driver's education and the right choice for students in Glen Burnie and Pasadena by committing to not only teach driving, but keeping their students safe and confident.
1: You I think can, that you should go I ahead just
0: and
1: get... S- they can, can they do a little tune-up for you? <laughs> I've seen you drive around as far as there's actually, you know, we could do another podcast about a lot of people in the building who have issues with your driving, but we'll save that for another episode. We'll, yeah, save, we'll that. save that. we'll save that. We'll save that. So, uh... you could probably help me out a little bit. Yeah, you, you can do, be due for a tune-up down there. Go visit him. Um, look, I, I, I thought Mike Pierce was uh, great. I mean, this is a guy who I really like. I think that I've yeah. liked him since the time he was here as an undrafted free agent. And, you know, his career has been uh, up and down, to be honest. He, he gets the contract in Minnesota. Then he sits out a COVID year. Then he basically gets hurt and never really plays much in yep. Minnesota. Comes back looking good last year, gets hurt, and it's starting to be like, eh, is this it? Is this right. it? And he was kind of w- wondering the same thing to a certain extent. And to see him play all 17 games, I'm really happy for him, get the contract extension. He's a really good player, and yeah. it's I'm happy for him. Yeah, for
3: sure. When Michael Pierce is on the field and healthy and feeling good, he's one of the best nose tackles in the game. You know, to his point, like if there's nose tackle no, Hall nose tackle of Fame, hall fan, baby, right? like I mean, if he he'd been healthy his whole career, he he'd be in that nose tackle Hall of Fame. Maybe, hey, maybe he has another couple great years and whatever, you know. But he's one of the best in the game. There's no doubt about it, and he's part of the the reason why the
1: Ravens run defense and and uh, why the defense as a whole has been so good. Yeah, and like I I asked him about it, but I do think that his presence in the middle, gobbling up blockers, allows Roquan, Patrick Queen to fly all over the place, Justin Matabike to get more one on ones to get after the quarterback. I I think that his work is definitely noticed by the success of the players around him.
3: Yeah, and and when you have seen the Ravens run defense uh, get hit a little bit, it's primarily been big plays on the edges. Yeah. Teams do not run up the middle, generally speaking, on the Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, and, I'm sure during this week, during the bye week, they're doing basically a self-scout, right? That's what this team is doing because you don't have an opponent. You don't know who you're going to play, so you can't start scouting them. I'm sure the defense is focused
1: on, hey, let's tighten up the screws on the run D because that's kind of been the one Achilles heel. Well, Patrick Green basically said that yesterday in the locker room. He, he made the point that there's been a few things that have happened at the end of the season that they're not pleased with yeah. defensively, yep. despite finishing... You know, with the triple crown in terms of points, yeah. takeaways, and sacks, there's still things that this defense wants to improve on. And and I think that he didn't spell it out, but I think he's talking about giving up too many yards on the ground. This defense doesn't want to give up many yards on the ground. The Steelers put up some big numbers on well, the ground, especially if the Steelers end up being the divisional opponent. Yeah, they, and they've had. Even or before that game, there's been, some, there's been some weeks where they've just allowed too much on the ground. And this, this defense doesn't want to give up anything. They definitely don't want to give up 100-plus yards on the ground. So yeah. I think they're working on those things this week.
3: Yeah, for sure. Well, looking at the big news of the week for the Ravens and around the league, it's been coaching changes, right? The past 24 hours as of recording this have been massive in terms of the business of coaching. And you have Coach Saban. Nick Saban is out. Uh, Pete Carroll Out with the Seahawks, now Bill Belichick and the Patriots part ways. That's been massive. There's eight openings right now around the NFL for head coaches. And the Ravens have some hot coordinators, and not just coordinators, other assistant coaches. So going through the list here, the teams that are interested in talking to Mike McDonald are the Commanders, the Panthers, and the Titans. Okay, Then you also have Todd Munkin with two interview requests. That's the Chargers and the Panthers. And then Anthony Weaver, the Ravens' uh, D-line coach and also assistant, assistant head coach. Head coach. Yep. Uh,
1: the Commanders, and now the Falcons. also
3: the Falcons. Yep. It's hard to
1: keep them all straight here. It is, it is. And honestly you know, and all those happened before the Seahawks job and the Patriots job opened up. So they could add a couple more to their their list. I know there's a lot of consternation out there amongst Ravens fans. Good word, consternation. Yes, because they're, this is a great coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Got great coordinators. You have great assistant coaches. I think that this is as good of, as any staff that John Harbaugh has assembled here. And when that, when you have a great staff, other teams take notice. And when you win a lot of games and you're the number one seed, right. teams take notice. When you're
3: notice. the best team in the NFL, people want a piece of that action.
1: When you look at who's gotten head coaching jobs over the last few years, it's been from teams that have had success. And that's how it works. That's how it works in the history of football. So when you win a lot of games, other teams take notice and they want to emulate that. And that's what's happening with the Ravens. And I think that they've got a great mix of, of coaches, of a of veteran coach like Todd Munkin who's you know done it At the pro level, the college level, had a ton of success the last few years. Two straight national championships at Georgia, then obviously comes here and uh, helps Lamar, going to win a second MVP. So, look, I know there's nervousness. I don't know how it's going to play out. You root for the guys to get opportunities, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, these are great coaches who deserve opportunities. And you also want to maintain the great thing that you've got going here. So it's yeah. like you root for both. You know, it's kind of that crazy situation for that, you know, Mike Pierce talked about a little bit. Like, I, I, I love Mike McDonald. Love. Right. Selfishly, you want him to stay. It's obviously. Selfishly, <laughs> you want him to stay.
3: <laughs> selfishly, you don't want them to get the job. Yeah. Um, but you're, of course, happy for them. And look, eight head coaching vacancies right now that's a quarter of the league yeah the more that open up the more nervous that i get yeah obviously um and but some of that there's going to be coaches who land you know coaches that lost their head coaching job who land elsewhere as a head coach yeah they just do the hop the on the carousel. carousel yep exactly they land somewhere else that's going to fill some of them and then there's other you know baltimore's not the only team that is having a lot of assistant coaches detroit as well um there there's going to be there's other hot names. Bobby Sloak from the Texans is another big name. There's a, a bunch of them, right? And so will the Ravens coordinators and, and Anthony Weaver land one of those? I don't know. They'll definitely have a good shot, it seems like, but it's not a slam dunk. So let's not, let's not freak out. This <laughs> guy isn't falling yet, and I, I will say this about it. The further the Ravens go, the better their chances, I think, of keeping these coordinators. Eh. It, 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 it could go both ways. Eh. I don't know if I agree with that. at Eagles ways. last year. Well, yeah, but traditionally a lot of those hires are made. Now, some teams are patient and they wait out the process, but a lot of teams get antsy. So it depends on how quick some of these other vacancies start filling up. Yeah. Teams, teams do not like waiting around unless they know they got their guy. Yeah. So it, it can go both ways. You win the Super Bowl, all of a sudden now that just adds to your credentials, mm-hmm. right? And some teams might be willing to wait out the process to get whatever. They have a specific guy. or But if they have a specific guy and it's not one of the Ravens coordinators that they really, really like, they're going to make a move. Yeah. If it's up in the air because they're not going to want somebody else to steal their guy. So sometimes it can work in your benefit that that coach is not available to hire officially until after the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I honestly don't think that the getting to the Super Bowl... Will have much of an impact if the Ravens get there on the coaching carousel and whether these guys end up getting hired. I just don't think that uh, the, the Eagles lost both coordinators last year. And the Eagles, the,
3: right? The, the, that's recency bias, though. There's teams. I mean, the Patriots held their coordinators for a long, long time, and those guys got passed over. Now, maybe not because of that. Maybe whatever. Yeah. But there, you go back before last year. Yes, the Eagles did. But the but Patriots lost then, a ton of coordinators too. A lot of teams who have not lost coordinators off Super Bowl teams.
1: The Patriots lost a ton. They lost Josh McDaniels twice. They lost. Charlie Weiss, way back in the day, lost Bill O'Brien. Like I, I you know, what years those happened in the in right. the in the coaching search? Like I don't know. I just th- there's been like I mean the Chiefs they've lost they lost Nagy he came back well Beanie Bien-Ami. Beanie Bien-Ami, Beanie sat out there for a long 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 time he but he also has still interviewed has kind of head coaching right game. right exactly <laughs> so I I don't know where it's going to land but I think that like. It it clearly speaks to the, the quality of the Ravens coaching staff. And I also if they if the if the Ravens end up losing coaches, I got a lot of faith in John Harbaugh to fill in with other sure. great coaches. I mean yeah, he build a great staff.
3: Just, he's very good at doing that. Um, and I, I'll say this also. Uh just for those fans who are wondering how this process works, those coaching interviews do not happen basically on company time mm-hmm. happens on personal time is basically what John Harbaugh said. It's late at night. might be weekends. Um, you know, that's kind of when they knock that stuff out. So, and this is just part of the, like we said, this is how it works, right? So there's no like, Oh, you know, are they, are they locked in? Are they focused? Yes, they're doing their <laughs> job
1: first and foremost. Don't worry about that. Uh, this, this kind of stuff is just, Part of the business. Yeah, totally. And, and as I said, when you when you have success, other teams around the league want a piece of that. Yep. And so uh, the other news this week, uh, so the Ravens are practicing. We, we kind of laid out the practice schedule in the podcast earlier this week, but they're practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, practice on Saturday is at the stadium to kind of simulate game atmosphere of you're going down to the stadium you go to the game on the weekend Just and keep it a routine keep it a routine and so they're focused on themselves this week from a self-scouting process and, and working on those things like we talked about all right so the other news this week is on the injury front and so the Ravens are practicing as we said some guys who are back on the practice field which was encouraging Kyle Hamilton I think at the top of that list uh, he's somebody who, you know, missed time is dealing with that knee injury. He talked with the media on Wednesday. Was the media good guy? He got the mm-hmm. media good guy award. He is a good guy. So the that's the top uh, award for him. That's the honor that he cares about <laughs> the most this year. But um, So he was back and he said to reporters that he was basically a full participant. So Mm -hmm. really encouraging to have him back. Kevin Zeitler was back. Gino Stone was back. Mm -hmm. Um, And Devin DuVernay. Duvernay. Thank you. Devin DuVernay was designated for return from injured reserve from the back injury. Now the Ravens got a good thing going with Tylen Wallace and Justice Hill, the Mm -hmm. two returners who have stepped into that role. But Devin's also a good player, can fill a role on offense. So I think Whether the Ravens activate him will depend, A, on his health, how he feels getting back into the swing of things, and then also what they want to do from a roster composition standpoint. Right, if
3: they have an open roster spot. Uh, then they certainly could do that. Also, uh, if they do that, then they can bring back one more player from IR. They You can only do it eight times in a season. You would think that one last player, that would be saved for the big dog, <laughs> Mark Andrews. Uh, you, you talked about players who return to practice. I'll be the bad cop here. Okay. The players that were not back out there, Zay Flowers, uh, at the top of that list. And then also the Ravens are still missing Adafioe, who went down with an ankle injury in that season. Um... Uh, finale, the regular season finale. Delshawn Phillips and Malik Harrison also were not out there at practice. And Marlon Humphrey, too. And Marlon Humphrey, yes. Yeah, sorry. He was on. He was working out on the side, uh, not in uniform, not practicing, but he was out on the field, technically speaking. Yeah, so look. And I, Dalvin Cook made his debut.
1: We forgot him. Yeah. Dalvin Cook in his first practice on Wednesday. Yeah, there's excitement about Dalvin Cook. I yeah. think that there's going to be an opportunity for him. I mean, John Harbaugh talked this week about how he'll have a chance, you know, yep. I think that they It'd be a legitimate weapon. Yeah. And and he, the question was posed to him basically, is this just a uh, insurance play? And he was kind of like, no, this is a really good player who could yeah. make an impact for our team. Yeah. So he's on the practice squad right now, but he has three game day elevations available coming up from the practice squad. So if the Ravens only got to win three, baby, <laughs> keep <laughs> rolling here. That's three Divisional games. Championship <laughs> yeah. a Super Bowl. So I think that there's, there's potential for Dalvin cook to, I don't know, who knows? He could step in and make an immediate impact on this offense. He has I, that type of ability. I think he certainly could. So, exciting things for sure. Now we wait
3: and see who the Ravens are going to play. Before we do that, Garrett, you want to make some picks here? Yeah. Who do you well, think winning, is winning on Wild Card Weekend?
1: Well, let's go through the... You want to go through the AFC teams, and then we can predict who, obviously, the Ravens would end up playing. Yes. Okay, um, so, Houston Texans, Cleveland Browns. Yes. In I, Houston. Yeah. I think that the... Browns are going to win that Ooh, game. Ooh, okay. You think Joe Flacco wins? I I do. I think that I think the Browns are playing well. I think that Houston. I, look, I actually think it's going to be a pretty close game, mm-hmm. and I think that the Browns end up edging them out. I think great defense against you know a rookie quarterback. They could get their hands on the football. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the Browns win that game. Who do you got? Browns. You're also going Browns. All right. Yeah. So then we let's go to the 3-6 game. That is the Chiefs against the Miami Dolphins in Kansas City. The Ice Bowl. Ice mm-hmm. Bowl 2024. That's <laughs> going to be freezing cold there yeah. uh, with temps below zero. Probably a kickoff. No. So Below zero? Below zero. And I've seen wind chills like in the minus 20. So <laughs> not exactly ideal for a team coming up from South Florida. I've got the Chiefs winning that game. I think that the weather will be a factor. I also think that, you know, the Chiefs will struggle, but... We've seen this from them before. They weren't exactly rolling at the end of last season. They ended up winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I've got the Chiefs winning that game. Ditto. I, I'm glad that those two teams are playing each other because I think those
3: are two really talented teams and one of them has got to go. So I'm happy with either way that result goes. You know, uh, if Patty Mahomes is out of the playoffs, you're okay with that. <laughs> bon
1: voyage, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so either way, I'm good with that result. All right. And then the finale in the AFC, which is Sunday afternoon, is Buffalo against the Steelers. Oh, are we going
3: to agree on all three of these? I don't like where this is going.
1: I, uh, well, that, that just means it's not going to play out that way. But <laughs> if we do agree, I, I think that Buffalo is going to beat the Steelers. Yeah, I would agree.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do think that that's a closer game than it would seem on paper. I think that it's supposed to be super windy. Again, another game with the elements—cold, really, really windy. Now, Josh Allen has played in that. It reminds me of the playoff game the Ravens played up in Buffalo uh, here a few years ago. That the win that night was just wild. Yeah, made crazy. It just it made for a crazy game. Crazy weather can sometimes level the playing field, totally. And so I think the Steelers are a team that has run the ball.
1: It wouldn't shock me if Mason Rudolph throws the ball less than ten times. Yeah, if it ends up, if the forecast ends up coming true, and they end up being thirty mile an hour winds, and it's yeah. the Steelers, the Steelers are not going to throw the ball. Well, that that's the, the thing is, honestly, if that is if that is the weather. Like that can be an equalizer, especially against Buffalo's passing attack. Yeah. And then if that's the case, now, Buffalo like, that can run is, the ball better they can, than they have
3: in previous years.
1: But like that's the classic game that the Steelers end up winning. Exactly. Are we talking ourselves into a Steelers win here? Like, like that I, I do think it's gonna be a close game. All right. So I, I don't think that's straddle a the fence there, just pick two winners for that game. It's gonna be the Bills or the Steelers. <laughs> it's a tie. Yeah. It's a tie. <laughs> um so we we both agreed which would mean that if it plays out the way that we think it would, Fleazies that means coming to Joe town. Flacco and the Browns come to town in the divisional round. So um, I, I honestly, the one I feel the least confident in my picks on is that game. I, I feel, the, I feel <laughs> the least confident in the Browns-Texans game. I think that could go either way. Um, and I think that Texas team and is really talented. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think so. And then obviously if the Texans win that game and it's
3: chalk, then the Ravens would face the Houston Texans here at MT Bank Stadium. So All right, now before
1: you do that, the last thing we got to do before we wrap up. Oh, the dog. Is the dog. The you dog. can't you can't get by this week without giving out our dog of the week for week 18 against the Steelers. So you got to bring in your little poster board here. This is an interesting one. Okay. The Rain. The Rain was the dog. The Rain. The Rain was. The dog.
3: The rain really <laughs> Now, nah, we're giving it to Trenton Simpson. I like it. Possible preview of the future. Trenton Simpson getting extensive uh, defensive action and, and really played well. Uh, so,
1: yep, there you go. The rookie dog of the week. The first rookie since Say Flowers. Alright, well congratulations to Trenton. Yeah. Uh, enjoy everybody watching the games this, is this the weekend. Best,
3: this is one of the best weekends of the year. You know, I know that there's Especially like... Ner- when you're not playing.
1: Exactly. There's nervousness because, you know, we're all antsy. Lamar said he's antsy to play. Yeah. You know what? Sit back, relax. Ravens earned this first round by. Enjoy, enjoy. watching these games. Have fun and uh, we'll see who the Ravens end up playing this after the games this weekend. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next week.